On today's news episode, we discuss how Rider Switch is changing in the parks, when you can start booking your 2019 vacation packages, and the location of the new Star Wars hotel. We also list some reasons that you should visit the parks when it rains. This is episode 99 of the Capture the Magic podcast. You can catch new episodes on this podcast channel every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You can find us on ctmpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter and can win a free t-shirt or just text ctmpodcast to 44222 to sign up as well. Don't forget to follow us on social media and catch us on our YouTube channel. This episode is brought to you by Capture the Magic Vacations. They specialize in Disney World and Universal Studios vacation planning. It can help you save time, money, and take care of all the bookings for those must-do experiences for your trip. There's no charge to you for using their services, and if you head on over to CaptureTheMagicVacations.com backslash magic to request a quote and type in promo code CTMP, you'll receive a free gift with your vacation. They are also currently looking for travel agents with experience and those with passion for Disney. You can go to CaptureTheMagicVacations.com backslash magic and complete a join our team request. So hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Jamie, and I am joined by my wonderful husband, Jared. Hello, Jared. Hello to you. Oh, how are you today? That's what... Good. That sounded awkward. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm good. I've had a I've had a good morning so far. But I was actually thinking today is, you know, we're the first week of June still. And I can't believe like how close it is to Toy Story Land opening. I actually can't believe it's June. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's getting it's getting very close. I I'm really curious and I think we've talked about this maybe a couple times before, but I'm really curious to see how the crowds, like how how early people are going to start lining up for the opening of that land on that Saturday. It's a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I imagine it would be more than Pandora, but less than what Star Wars would be. Just given the popularity of the franchises would be my assumption. I could be wrong. Okay, that's fair. I think I think you're correct. I think mostly too because Pandora had all those previews. How many previews did they have before they actually opened? It was like two or three weeks full. And there was stuff like all over the internet of people seeing it and stuff like that too. Yeah. So we have a media event. We know there's a media preview. And we know there's probably a cast member preview, but there's no annual pass holder preview as of right now. They're not gonna do one. So there's a there's little things that they they're not doing for this opening and we've heard because they're a little bit behind. Um but I gotta say, I gotta say, a lot of people are gonna be there on the day it opens, just so they can be some of the first people to experience it. Well, and that's gonna be interesting because that basically means they're not gonna have. I mean, they'll have a little bit, obviously, but not a significant amount of being able to run crowd control and yeah. and know really things how how things are gonna work. Because I can just tell you from you know website development and app development, all that I've done a lot of that stuff. Um, you can plan for things, and you have the best. You know, everything goes according to plan. And then the minute, like, you kind of release it and kind of open to the general public, there will be stuff that will go wrong. That you'll never, you just be like, what? Like, it, you, you're not expecting it. You're not thinking about it. So, it'll be very curious to see how, if they have no pass holder previews and basically the only people that run through are media and cast members, 
of just what will go wrong that first week. Sort of like a restaurant a lot of times. A lot of times going to the first week of a restaurant can be a little iffy. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see the rides breaking down quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, That would be probably... I mean, I know Pandora had issues with that with Flight of Passage Mm -hmm. numerous times. So Mm -hmm. just if you're going for that first week... um, you good know, luck. And good luck and maybe be flexible and like I wouldn't be surprised if the rides are shut down periodically. Right. Yeah. I definitely go expecting slowdowns, expecting breakdowns, expecting large crowds, expecting, you know, you may not get to do what you want to do. It's just when you're going to a new land, um, there are still working kinks out. So mm-hmm. if you're going to go, Godspeed and uh, good luck, which go. what Godspeed means. So I'm just. I'm basically repeating myself, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, also, we want to mention you guys should check out the Diz Dudes episodes every Wednesday. And what did you talk about this week, Jared? We talked about, we had another edition of our Keep It, Fix It, or Burn It. And we talked I love about those. <laughs> they're fun. They're uh, fun. We talked about uh, Tomorrowland Speedway. Ah. Which, um, it's probably a pretty obvious one. I think the best best bet between that one is like, do you fix it or do you just burn it to the ground? Because I don't know of anybody that <laughs> loves that attraction, uh, but it's a fun one. You know, oh, people are out there. Oh, I know they're if out it's there. Disney, someone out I, there is going to love something. That well, you and the fact that it's a opening day attraction, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, which we talked about last week, there's changes coming to that ride. So yeah, we talk about that yeah. episode, but it's a good one. So check it out. And also check out Main Street Magic. Uh, their most recent episode, they did a listener questions, question Q&A uh, show. And that was pretty interesting. So He didn't answer um, my question. What? What was your question? I don't remember, but I, I know it wasn't answered. Okay. Well, he doesn't care about you. Apparently not. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to leave us a review. Uh, we love those. We want to read them. We want to learn from them and improve our show. So... Don't forget to do that. And subscribe to the show. That helps us, Mm -hmm. you know, gain more traction and all that fun stuff. All that fun stuff. All right. Well, let's move into the news for this week. We've got, we've got a couple, we've got a lot of just one sentence news stories, if that makes sense. There's not a lot of detail to go with it. We'll, we'll talk about them, but there's not a lot more to say. Good thing you got a professional newsman here to break that down for you. Our very own Ron Burgundy. I'm a descendant of Ron. I just have a beard. <laughs> well, okay. Let's start with uh, the first one. What's the uh, What's the first one we got here? Uh, the first one is that Walt Disney World vacation packages go on sale uh, June 19th, and this is kind of a big deal because you can obviously book for uh, Star Wars opening because Star Wars is opening in late 2019, and they say late fall. And while that's very... Mind you, late fall uh, can mean into November. Late fall can mean December because yeah. technically winter doesn't start until the end of December. Exactly. So, so I would I would, I would, would guess it will be late November, early I wouldn't December. be surprised if it's in December and that seems... It seems kind of crazy that they would open a new land at the busy time of year like that, but, you know... Well, that's that's sort of how it's turning out to be. So with the packages coming on sale, you're basically having to, if you're wanting to, you know, go for the Star Wars land opening, 
you're going to have to start planning your vacation, you know, 18 months in advance. <laughs> yeah. And I know there are some people out there that do that and that's totally fine. It's just, I'm thinking about 18 months from now, how I, I have no idea when I'm going to be able to go, when, you know, how anything is going to be, you know, it's just, it's, it's a lot so, of things change. <laughs> it's so outside of my realm of thinking to plan that far ahead. Like I don't yeah. do, like, okay, yeah. for instance, I don't do five-year plans. <laughs> and I don't because I've always felt like they're silly. Like just, okay, speaking from a business standpoint, what's your five-year plan? Well, what's it matter? I can sit here and, and say all kinds of things. I have no clue of what's going to affect my business in five years. Uh, I can take a wild guess. So the same thing with this is like, you know, it's like in our situation, uh, in a lot of people's situations, you could have another child at that point. Yeah. I mean, you could have, will. there's a lot of different things that could happen. So it's, I find it yeah. annoying but it is what it is, so we yeah. just have to accept it. But yeah, so check out uh, or contact Capture the Magic Vacations. They can help you with that because they they do that stuff. Yeah, um, they obviously they can't help you with your vacation yet since until the prices go on sale on the nineteenth. Right. But contact them. They'll put you on the list, and they'll contact you yeah. whenever everything comes out. So and let them do all the let them do busy the work. work that, yep. Yeah, because I have imagined. Uh, yeah, it's going to be insane with Star Wars. Exactly. So. But CaptureTheMagicVacations dot com. So um, okay, let's do the second story jared uh second one is and we this is a good plug for joining the the facebook group capture magic community because we kind of talked about this a little bit in there and that uh walt disney world is switching to digital rider switch pass or uh, otherwise known as child swap or baby swap at attractions to combat fraud Mm -hmm. that's what this says i don't know i'm not convinced it's completely about fraud but Um, In continuation of Disney's efforts to enter the digital age in all aspects of theme park attractions, the Rider Switch Pass, sometimes referred to as Baby or Child Swap by some, will be going digital later this month. So it's happening fairly quickly. Uh, The Rider Switch Pass is currently available at select Walt Disney World theme park attractions that feature a height requirement. The process is in place to allow families with children under the height requirements a chance to ride while a family member waits with the child outside. One person gets a rider switch pass, joins, and waits in the standby queue, and then they get off that the ride. They then take over child duties while the other family member uses the pass to join the Fast Pass Plus return line and avoid waiting basically twice for the same ride. It's a simple system that worked debatably well for years. Uh, by the end of June, the process will switch to a digital rider switch pass, basically scanning a guest's magic band or media card to add to their entitlements. All of the guests who will be riding in the party of three that will use the FastPass Plus queue will have to have the entitlement on their account to enter. Uh, the major changes here are that the entitlement is going digital, removing the cast member physically checking a printed ticket, as well as the rider switch pass now only going are only being valid for certain length of time on the day issued. Previously, it was up for an entire month. Guests will now be able to or will now be unable to hold more than one rider switch pass at a time. These old rider switch passes are easily sold on eBay or Craigslist. And uh, even though the paper says that they are not for resale, (laughs) it says cast members are currently being trained for this upcoming digital conversion and should be fully trained within the upcoming weeks for a full rollout by the end of June. Um, Okay, so we actually use rider switch. Um, We are, you know, our daughter is not even two. So there's a lot of things that she couldn't ride on the last trip we went on. So we had to utilize Rider Switch for stuff like some North Mine Train and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and stuff like that. Well, um, <laughs> we didn't abuse we didn't abuse it, did we? 
We didn't. No. no. We didn't sell I don't it. Know, I don't know how we would have done it. Um, the only thing is, with the, fa- the paper uh, switch pass, it's easy to just give them away and i actually did that on the last trip there was a, a family coming in and there was like it was a mom and dad and it was looked like a nine or ten year old girl and i gave it to them i said just go use this well it's to and, be nice yeah it was we just to be nice we weren't going to use it we, we didn't get leaving. any yeah we didn't make them pay us for it or anything yeah because we were leaving and we just we weren't going to use it and um i do want to add something about what's in that story there are certain rides with the the rider switch pass as it is now that you can only return the day of there are some that will go until the end of the month so you have many days to use it but there are some especially like seven dwarfs mine train that will expire by the end of the day yeah so as of now you have you know a certain amount of hours to do it with this new thing you know this new digital system you have i think an hour from the time the first person goes in and comes out until until you have to go basically you have to go right, like right away which i don't if that's what they're going to stick to i don't like that because that's there's a lot of times where you might say okay let's you know one person rode maybe you take a break and then come back and ride it I, I think at the very least maybe be two or three hours i could get that but an hour seems unnecessarily tightening that whole thing process to where you're just going to I don't know. I just feel like they're just causing problems having it that way. Now, my personal take on this is I don't actually think this is due to fraud because I really don't think Disney cares that much. I think what this is, is them just wanting to digitize everything because what Disney's been doing across the board for the longest time is, especially under the FastPass system, is they want to bring everything in and make it basically paperless, digital, and trackable. So they want to be able to plug all this stuff in and look at... You know, they can break all this down, look at the analytics of it all and see how this is all working or where changes need to be made. Currently in the system, I don't think they're able to do that very well. So I think combating any fraud is just kind of a byproduct. But they're going to put out press and say this is a combat fraud. Basically, basically, I, I think it's to that community, and we'll just leave it at that, of people out there that are advocating a lot of these things all the time and promoting them, of basically maybe coming out and saying, like, listen, like we're going to start... We're, we're clamping down a lot of this stuff, so knock it off. You mean people that take advantage of, like, loopholes? Not not necessarily take advantage. Cause, uh, take advantage and promote the loopholes. Okay. There's a lot of... I'm not going to name anything, but there's a lot of people out there that do this, and they promote it, and they, they're always looking for them, which I... You know, whatever. That's fine. But when you start promoting them, and more and more people start doing them, then you start affecting guest experience. And then it becomes ineffective. Right. And, yeah. and in this instance, I don't know how much Disney cares that... You get a rider swap, you know, fast pass, and you go sell it. I don't know. I don't imagine they care that much because I don't know how much it's really affecting other guests. But I imagine it's just a byproduct that they can come out and say, yeah, we're doing this combat fraud. Well, and I agree with you a little bit. I think that it's not as big of an issue with the, you know, misuse or, or selling them because they give out the rider switch pass. So they they and they know where they intend on you know people writing it with that pass so whether it's you or somebody you else you give it to or sell it to it's like whatever it doesn't make any difference to them yeah Yeah. i think what you what you really got correct was it being trackable Mm -hmm. i think with it being digital that disney can keep track of how many people are going through and doing writer switch they can keep track of how many people go through the fast pass line to use writer switch or or even their own fast passes i yeah i i believe it's just it's just a, a streamlined way 
to to do this and if it if it combats the fraud then awesome great that's exactly what i think how they look at it yeah it's just an added bonus and i think after this initial release or this you know when they start streamlining and putting it digitally i think they'll extend the times that you well can they haven't it. come out and said officially that it's that hour that's the right. rumor right. so i don't know i would like that is to th- a little tight though it seems very tight especially for a popular ride so mm-hmm. I, I don't know just as some as we have used it i would rather see that be two or three hours because then that can mean you know and especially if you go through sometimes even if you're in fast pass line on a certain ride it can be 30 minutes still mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. sometimes you know you get done and you know with our daughter maybe she needs something to eat or we need a break she needs to go play um it may not be completely feasible for me then to go you know ride i mean flight of passage alone once you scan your band and you go through the line it can take you up to half an hour to get through the fast pass line i mean that fast pass line is not really fast and then the ride itself it took us almost an hour to get through the fast pass line and do the ride before we were done the last time we did it together yeah so i I can understand that this time this one hour window is going to be to to uh to strict to um too strict um and also i want to mention before we go on the fact that you can only do one at a time you can only have one writer switch functioning at a time that makes sense mm-hmm. i mean it honestly does yeah you know I, i'm not i don't have any problem with that because the whole idea of writer switch is just so you know someone can be with the child and you can ride yeah you know that i have no problem with that makes sense and that that's also to combat the fraud because i'm sure there's a lot of people who go around and collect a bunch of those and they go sell them um, yeah, and again, I don't know how much yeah. Disney cares, but again, it, I think it's to track it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as a byproduct, they're like, oh, yeah, we're not going to let you do this anymore. Especially if they start charging for more fast passes in the future. That's exactly what I was thinking. Or something like that. Was the, <laughs> if Disney's going to get in this, and I don't think it's far off of them, if not outright charging for fast passes, offering packages mm-hmm. that include fast passes. They then don't want a competing market online where you can go buy these fast passes for certain rides. And they kind of already started doing that with the the pre-selected kind of like a test run of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing that because it's just a revenue stream that people would pay for. Exactly. And Disney likes to make money. They sure do. All right. uh, Let's move on to our next story. Talking about the construction over at the River Country area. You basically just read it, but uh, (laughs) Disney sets up plans and contractors for former River Country Area Hotel. Plans and contractors are being put in place for Disney's ongoing Project 89, as it's being called, which will add yet another hotel to Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, It has been reported uh, the contracts between Disney and a design firm with previous Walt Disney World Resort experience, as well as the contractor who won the competitive bid for the budget. Um, Project. Sorry for the project. The information comes from the industry insiders with knowledge of contracts, according to Growth Spotter, who also reached out to the companies involved. Project 89 has two major permits filed up to this point. The first was uh, filed back in March and involved testing subsurface soils at the former site of the long-closed River Country Water Park. River Country opened in 1976 and was operational for 25 years, and the property has gone undeveloped since 2001 when it closed. The second permit filed in early May created a stockpile area for the project near Disney's Stoleport, uh, while Disney World's inactive private airfield. So plans for the resort, which will occupy the old River Country property, involve both standard and Disney Vacation Club accommodations. 
Yeah, so. the the stockpile area that you're talking about. There, we had a story about that a few weeks ago. Um, they had permits for it, and so we and we kind of figured out that that was for River Country area. Um, but I, I've, we've talked about this before, but I'm very excited for this to happen. I, it's been so, it's just an eyesore, especially when you go on that boat. I've said this before, on that boat from Wilderness Lodge to Fort Wilderness, you can see the remnants of river country. Like, there's no fence around it from there. You can see the old dock. It's just, it's Well, it's really it's weird. Sad. And we talked about it before. It's just really odd that Disney has that, and then they have the old Discovery Island as well. I like, know. that's just completely, like, abandoned properties I that know. they have left. So, this probably means... I don't know about Discovery Island. I would like to think they'd do something with it. Maybe not. But uh, I'm glad to see this. Uh, I, although Jeremy and I were kind of um, thinking there's a possibility that this resort could almost be sort of an anchor for like a fifth park. Because there's a lot of land around it. I think it, you could fit a park in there possibly. Maybe. I don't and know I, about that. I don't know either. It's just theorizing. I mean, you mm-hmm. start looking because I think we're in a countdown to a fifth park announcement i think it's coming in the next i if i was a betting person i would say in the next 12 months there's going to be an announcement and i wouldn't be surprised at the d23 well uh, maybe i mean but that's i'm just I'm, excited that this i this totally agree but you have in. to think when they put in a new resort or put in a new um park that they're going to have a resort near it to sort of anchor it or be something close to it so i wouldn't be surprised if we would see a resort announced and then a land announced that's sort of adjacent to it. I don't really agree with that, but it's very, it's possible. Well, you're uh, welcome to disagree. And then uh, <laughs> when things happen, you can just come back and tell me I was right. Um, I, may, I may not be also right. Also you. Also you can tell me I was right. Um, okay. Well, let's move on to the next story. We're just uh, moving on. Move, we're moving on. Jamie um, doesn't want to talk about it. Just, uh, just mentioning uh, about the minivans. Yep, it's uh, available to all Disney World guests now, and not just resort guests. So this was the, you know, eventually this is obviously yeah. going to take place. Yeah. Although they won't go off of Disney how property, far off right? of Disney property will they go? I guess no, if they're not staying on they resort, do. are they just going to take you to other yeah, yeah, yeah. places yes. on property? Yes. Yep. Okay. They, I don't think they'll. They don't take you off property. I don't think they're allowed to. But can they take you to like where we stayed? Like it's on Disney property, but it's not a Disney resort. That's a good question. They have, I mean, and the stuff we have doesn't say, but I'd be curious to know. I don't know. Because literally, the, where we stayed, it was right next to Caribbean Beach. So I'm like next to Epcot and right next to Hollywood right. Studios. Like everything was close. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's happening. Okay. Um, next one. The next one is that the Disney Junior Live on Stage is to close in September for a new show. And it says its final performance will be September 1st, 2018 to make way for the new Disney Junior Dance Party. Mm Because there's not enough dance parties at Disney World, apparently. Originally debuting in 2001 as Playhouse Disney, live on stage, the show has gone through numerous changes over the years with the addition of new characters from the latest shows. The new Disney Junior Dance Party is a high-energy live show featuring characters from Disney Junior shows on TV, including... Mickey and the Roadster Racers, Doc McStuffins, The Lion Guard, and the newest hit series, Vampirina. 
don't know half of those. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so apparently that's going away and something different's going there. So, I mean, it's still G- Disney Junior themed, but they're just upgrading because the um, clubhouses don't, they don't have any new episodes anymore. Clubhouses, the last episode, that, the last newest episode was in 2011. Yeah. So it's been quite a long time, but you know, our daughter still watches it like every day. Um, but this is the new like slate of shows that are current. So I understand them doing this. I'm just glad that we caught the show as it is now on our last trip because otherwise, you know, our daughter would have missed that. So I don't really have anything else to say. And by our daughter, you mean you because you enjoyed the show? <laughs> it was cute, but it was, I mean, it was for kids. It wasn't for me, obviously true anyhow okay uh next uh sorry about star wars hotel yeah the location for the star wars hotel has been confirmed and it will sit just south of hollywood studios and east of world drive and everybody went duh big duh it wasn't really a secret i mean they had cleared land here and it they was, had like permits already well and when you know the whole idea behind the hotel is you're gonna go you're gonna be able to walk directly into galaxy's edge there's only a, you know it's like there, it can't be over by epcot i wonder if there'll be like a cool walkway like tunnel where on the outside you see it's like you're walking on like the like cloud city or something like on the outside well it's be cloud city because uh, the know, I, that's the only thing i could think of <laughs> was cloud city <laughs> i'm sure it will have something cool but it'll yeah. probably be in theming of Batu, right, right, right. To be on, I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be really cool to see. I think what you mean so. is it's gonna be rad. I also mean rad. Isn't yeah. cool and rad like the same? No, no, no. All right, Jared. Rad is what skateboarders say. I think Jared just. That's what I've been told. Told by us that he's a skateboarder now. I am not a skateboarder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a skateboard. Jared's fallen. Yeah. Well, me too. But. Okay, uh, next one about strollers. Uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom is testing a new stroller parking and pickup system starting... This started actually June 1st. Mm -hmm. And uh, guests with strollers who visit select shows and attractions at Disney's Animal Kingdom will participate in a pilot program designed to improve upon the stroller parking and pickup system by breaking the parking zones into three sections. Part of the new test, new three-section stroller parking zones will be introduced at uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris. It's Tough to Be a Bug, Cali River Rapids, Finding Nemo, Festival of the Lion King, Wildlife Express Train, and Rivers of Light. Guests who are renting a stroller at Animal Kingdom will receive a specialty tag at the time of rental, and those who bring their own stroller will receive a tag when they visit their first show or attraction that is part of the program. Tags will be colored to correspond with those uh, with one of the three newly designed parking zones at each attraction listed above i actually saw somebody posted on um, facebook pictures of these tags and it just i think it was orange and it said zone you're parking in zone one or something like that so they have um designated areas in these in these um by these attractions so you just go up to the zone and you, they might still like move around your stroller but this is supposed to relieve congestion over like one area or another. Or it's, it's easier to navigate through. I don't know. I'm glad they're actually doing something because yeah, there they, is a stroller issue well, at Disney World, the, which totally makes sense. The stroller <laughs> thing right now is still kind of like it feels wild, wild west. Like you just kind of can do whatever you want. I mean, there's areas to park it. But uh, yeah, I, I would I, if they can make an improvement to the system where it, 
operates more efficiently. I'm on board with it. Now, why start with Animal Kingdom? Um, I don't know. Unless it's like that's the worst. Maybe part. that one has the worst stroller parking issue or something. Maybe. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Well, you would anyway. th- well. Yeah, I mean, you would think maybe Hollywood Studios would be the one to start with, but. And they yeah. probably don't want to start with Magic Kingdom because that's the busiest. That's true. Oh yeah, that would be like the maybe last they one to maybe go. it could be maybe they know internally that the least trafficked park for strollers is like Animal Kingdom, so that's the first place to try it. Maybe. Yeah, that's I true. I don't know. I was thinking about this. I you know, in Magic Kingdom, the stroller parking for Fantasyland is basically in the middle, right next to behind to the side of um, uh, the carousel. And the carousel. The carousel. And it's a huge, I mean, it's a huge blocked off area. And it's like they restructured Fantasyland when they came up with New Fantasyland to make it so there's this big area for the stroller specifically. And I remember in the 90s, like, oh, there, you you could see strollers everywhere, but like not not like they are today. I feel like more, I feel like more kids walked when we were younger. It's that wrong? It's that or people carried the kids more. Probably or so. Or there's just less people in the park. That's probably what it is. I'm sure that probably is <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm glad to see them doing something different to address this because there are a ton of strollers. And we'll see if it works, but yeah. 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 Okay. Last of the news stories. This one isn't directly involved with Disney, but it is... Uh, that two premium outlet malls in Orlando are converting hundreds of spots to paid parking. And the owners of Orlando's two premium outlets um, have converted hundreds of parking into premium paid parking spots, creating even more competition for free parking. So Simon Properties has roped off a few hundred spots at its Orlando International premium outlets uh, exclusively for those who pay $10 for premium parking. At the Orlando Vineland Premium Outlets near Walt Disney World, the parking garage is now reserved for $10 paid parking. I'm not surprised by this because one thing I was surprised by when we were down there and we went to the outlets a couple of times is just how much they had roped off for paid parking. Mm-hmm. Like we got there early and it was just... It was before it opened. It was before it opened. And I was, you know, I'll be honest. I wouldn't give them a dime. I'd park... I would do so much. Like if they're going to do this, I would. I would do so many things to go out of my way to not pay them ten dollars to park. I get what they're doing because they have tourists mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah. Well, when we yeah when we went, uh, yeah I don't remember what day it was, but we got there around nine forty five. So it was right before it, uh, before the actual shops open and everything. And even though it wasn't open, there's still a lot of people getting there to park, and. I'm talking like huge sections of valet and, and paid parking that were just sitting empty mm-hmm. because people would rather not spend money on parking, but rather spend money in the shops. So this doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, it makes sense because the new cash grab is paying for like parking. Yeah, but my but my the thinking is people are going to want to walk from farther away than spend money on on parking rather than parking i think what they're also going to do is they're going to make it to where you're either going to be looking for a parking spot all day long or you're just going to basically be like i'll pay 10 bucks gosh it's so frustrating i I, it's like disney springs they don't charge for parking yet well i know but i i don't think they will i don't think they should either just because 
they want you to spend money in the stores, which makes a lot of sense. Well, you got to think too. <laughs> Again, you know, this is being done. It's not being done by the shops that are renting space in the mall. This is being done by the property that owns the mall. So it's just another revenue stream for the people that own the mall itself. And they're looking at all this parking and going, hey, we can do this and make a little extra dough. And this is where, like, I I think this is what happens when you, especially you have these companies are just looking at spreadsheets and saying, like, oh, how much money would we make? Like, they're probably assuming, hey, a couple hundred spots at $10 a day, assuming those would all be taken up. How much money are we looking at? per day times that over a year and they're going oh wow that's just a revenue stream we haven't tapped yet and it doesn't take into account customer satisfaction because a lot of times they don't care until it affects them so it's like with disney they're going to charge the parking and they're going to assume that there's going to be a little bit of a fit and then people are just going to accept it and move on until it gets to a point where people don't accept it and it hurts them and then they have to reverse course and change it but yeah again your best vote is with your dollars. So if you don't like something, you know, I have a feeling people will probably pay this and complain, but they'll probably pay it. Uh, does it say it doesn't say how much the parking spaces are in the article? Ten dollars. Ten dollars. OK. Which is if you think uh, about that, that's crazy because you're paying twenty two to park at Disney all day. Mm-hmm. You can pay ten dollars to park at a outlet mall that you maybe are going to spend how much what a couple hours there yeah it's just a it's just a money grab i hope they i hope they reverse a decision i hope they they won't <laughs> people well, will pay it they won't okay well anyway they won't be happy they'll complain why they hand ten dollars and uh yeah okay. unless they raise it to i mean that's the thing unless you raise it to a, a point where people won't pay it but especially in a tourist place like that a lot of times people will pay it yeah that's true Okay, uh, that's it for the news stories. We're going to head to a little bit of a rumor that's kind of been confirmed. Um, go ahead, Jared. You can. Well, it's that there has been some land cleared south of the Japan Pavilion over at Epcot. And this is basically for the new Illuminations show that's going to take place, uh, I believe, in sometime in 2019. And uh, part of that show is going to use drones. And basically, this is they cleared an area where they're going to keep the drones and they're trying to make a space where the flight path of the drones does not go over any crowds because oh, of okay. liability. And I'm sure Disney legal is probably like, you can't have drones flying over people because if those things yeah. fall and they do, I mean, that's the thing when they, they had the, <laughs> the drone show at uh, Disney Springs, I mean, there were drones that would just fly, fall out of the air there. Oh even gosh. if they run a 90, you know, 99%, uh, of the time they're good and um uh lynn tessa talked about this if, if even they run 99 percent, there's still plenty of them they're gonna fall this falls on a person it's gonna kill them wow i didn't even think about so that. so yeah. they need to fly over a space where there's not it's gonna crazy. be guests that way if they do fall nobody's gonna get hurt so that's kind of what this is all right well okay very good yeah. all right um well, that's it for the news and rumors we're gonna move on to just a little discussion um one thing that we uh, that had happened to us while we were on our light, uh, latest Disney trip last month was that it rained almost every single day. And not just like an afternoon shower. It was for hours every day. And while some people look at that and just be so discouraged and hate it so much, we actually saw a lot of good in these rainy days, especially for Disney. So we're going to kind of talk about 
some of the good things, some of the like the positives that you would get uh, for like a, Disney, a rainy Disney day, and um, you know something to think about if you haven't thought about it before and how it could affect your vacation. So yeah, okay. So these are these are some things are why it's good when it rains at Disney World. Well, first off, before we go into that, it's just water. Just do keep that in mind. I always kind of crack up when I'm in the parks and it rains and people are running around like crazy. Uh, it's just water. You'll be fine. That's true. It's just water. I mean, it's not going to hurt you. All right. Well, so, so these are some of the good things why uh, you should go to Disney World when it rains. So number one, the crowds decrease. In this one, uh, even though most of the time when it rains at Disney, it's I know talking to Jeremy, he said it's not the case as much anymore, but used to be, you know, you had afternoon showers and then it would go away. A lot of rain in in Florida is short term. And even with that, when it rains, people just leave the parks. So good side of that is uh, a lot of times when people are leaving, you can there's still certain attractions that will run in the rain. Mm-hmm. Some won't. A lot of the, roller, the outdoor roller coasters won't. Right. But you can still, you know. Pirates of the Caribbean comes to mind as a ride that people kind of go to in the rain. So, yeah, a lot of times the crowds decrease. And then especially once the rain's over, you might have a little less crowd time for maybe the rest of the day or at least Mm -hmm. for a, you know, a couple hours until people start coming back. Uh, Here's a good example of that. We stayed and watched Happily Ever After one night and it had rained all day, all day. Like it was just raining all day off and on. And by 6, 637, the rain had stopped and we were at Magic Kingdom and uh, we're like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll just watch Happily Ever After. And like 20 minutes before the show started, and this sort of should have been like 840, there was like a ton of space left in the hub, like right in front of the castle. And our thinking was... Wow, people just decided like the rain had stopped, but, like they weren't expecting it or they thought it was just going to keep going. So we just didn't plan on seeing the fireworks or coming back to Magic Kingdom. Yeah. So there was just there was not that many people in, you know, in comparison to other nights in the hub watching the fireworks. So that was a great perk because we were able just to get in a spot and we were to walk up to a really good spot and just <laughs> really watch good it. Spot. Yeah, uh, I will. I will note on this. Um, the reason that was kind of last minute, Jamie was convinced she had seen this show. Yeah, I, I, I thought I had. And I, I did actually see it, but on video. <laughs> OK, that doesn't count. I knew she had not seen it. She was saying she had seen it. But being the good husband that I was, I was just like, well, you know. Our daughter would probably like to see it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. So we're sitting there watching it. And like I said, we walked up and, I mean, 20 minutes before the show, we're like, wow, we got a really good spot here. And <laughs> we watch it and it gets done. And I'm like, good, wasn't it? And she's like, yeah. I was like, you hadn't seen that, have you? And you're like, no, I had not. And I'm like, I know. It was just funny because you had thought you had seen it. You were so vehemently that you had. I understand. I'm just, okay. I was It was editing. just funny. Yes. Jared had taken video of it when he went in January. And I had spent, you know, it, it takes me a little bit to edit these videos. And Happily Ever After was in that video. So I spent a little bit, like, watching over and over this show. So I was like, oh, I got this. I have seen it. And then in my mind, I guess it turned into, oh, I've actually seen this show at Disney World when this is not true. Well, and I knew when you went down on your own <laughs> that you did not watch it because you I said didn't. you were afraid you'd get too sad. I That's true. That's true. And, and I, I remember all these things. Yeah. But yeah so. Anyway, so anyway, we found a really good spot to watch it that night. 
And I think it was because the, the rain kept everyone away. Yeah, so the crowd were pretty sparse, too. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, you can... You can, you know, have lower weights for for all the rides, um, you know, and like Jared was saying, there's a lot of stuff that's inside, even the stuff that's outside, they sometimes will run. Depends on how hard it's raining. It depends on how hard it's raining, yeah. but sometimes they'll keep running Seven Doors Mine Drain. I mean, if you're already wet, you might as well just ride Splash Mountain. Exactly. Exactly. So... You know, there's, a, there's especially at Magic Kingdom, you know, they built it in mind, you know, with the rain in mind. So there's not a lot that is outside that, you know, I mean, I think Seven Doors Mine Train, Big Thunder, Tomorrowland Speedway, Splash Mountain. Kind of, but yeah. Those four. Jungle Cruise, I guess. And I mean, there's quite a few. That, I guess there's a few. There's quite a few. <laughs> it's not that there's no outdoor, outdoor rides, but it is the fact that there's less crowds and sometimes there's less wait time. Yeah. The second one we want to talk about why it's a good thing to go to Disney when it rains is that sometimes the temperature drops. Sometimes. And then sometimes it just becomes a sauna. Right. <laughs> but what what happened to us was when it did rain, when we were there, the temperature went down. And you could tell. And it, it felt really nice, actually. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. So again, you know, with the hot, scolding temperatures in the summer, while, you know, it may not go down a ton, you may just get a little relief from the blazing hot sun yeah depends on the system that moves yeah. in or whatever it is but yeah. yeah it's a possibility yep and um another positive that i was thinking of is that you know if if it's raining hard enough to wear those big rides like big thunder or seven dwarfs like a magic kingdom if they're down because of the rain then maybe you would spend some time in the indoor attractions that you wouldn't otherwise do and that gives you kind of like an opportunity to experience those that you haven't done in a while or or whatever. Well, I think when it rains, say one of the rides you're really wanting to do is down for the rain. It kind of, in an odd way, takes that pressure off of like, well, you can't ride it anyways. So let's mm-hmm. do something that we didn't plan on doing. And then yeah. you might end up having a really good time because you're yeah. like, well, I didn't really want to go ride. I, I don't really like it, but Small World or something else or <laughs> go see some show. Uh, you know, it, sometimes when you just relieve that pressure off yourself when you're at Disney, you can end up having a really good time. So it can kind of yeah. be a side product of that. Yeah. And um, the next one I'll have Jared talk about, talking about getting good pictures. Well, sometimes when it rains or systems come in, you get kind of unique lighting. Uh, so you can, if you're into taking pictures at Disney and, and photography, you can get some, you know, cool lighting effects and different ones because when you know when the sun's super bright um sometimes that can be you know you've got to account for that you've kind of seen that picture and sometimes it can be hard to take pictures in just bright bright light like that but yeah when it rains and comes through sometimes you get some cool colors off the clouds uh we were there where there's like a double rainbow um uh, you know especially you get toward dusk stuff like that so it, it opens up some possibilities of getting some unique lighting and things you may not normally be able to get or see when you're you know at disney world yeah. If you don't care about photography, then you can just look at it. There you go. Um, and the last one, uh, the last reason why it's a good thing is maybe you'd spend more time, and I know Disney likes this, you spend more time in the gift shops. Because if you want to get out of the rain, maybe you go shopping. I would also add to this, if you're at Epcot, you can check out, you might check out the pavilions more. Yeah. Like actually yeah. walk through them. Because uh, I think, I mean, I myself haven't been through all of them. 
And if it's raining outside, then you go in and, you know, like I checked out the Viking thing they had over there, which is actually kind of cool, which I think is a subtle way of them jabbing Universal because it has Thor and Loki and Odin in there. But it's like based. Yeah, but it's based off of Viking mythology. So it's not like technically Marvel. So I feel like technically that's like Disney saying like a kind of jab like, oh, yeah, we're going to have them in here. Just not the way that you think. Well, anyway, yes. Yeah, there's other (laughs) things that, you know, you can check out pavilions and um, stuff that you may not normally would. So gift shops being one of them. Yeah. And I think the only ride at Epcot that you can't do in the rain is Test Track. Everything else is indoor. Uh, Yeah. Is that right? I think. Yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. So there's that. So you can write a lot of stuff at Epcot. Mm -hmm. Hollywood Studios. Let's see. You wouldn't be able to do like the Nina Jones show. Or could you? Actually, it was raining last time I watched it. So you could. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's inside. And people, I think people forget that. Or they just don't realize it. Well, it's Florida. And I know you have to walk in the rain. But, oh well. Like I said, it's just water. It's just water. The most annoying part about it is wet socks. Wet socks. Which that is annoying, I will admit. (laughs) And I know some people suggested like flip flops, but that's not going to happen because uh, yeah. I have too much self respect. But um, the only thing I'll say is, if you are going to breathe the rain and you have a child that needs a stroller, get a stroller that is waterproof or at least a little bit waterproof. Our stroller is awesome. I mean, it 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 was a little bit like it leaked a little bit when it got really really like start pouring down. Um, but for the most part, it kept the rain off of her. Mm-hmm. And that was important. Yep. So, yeah. So, those are just some of the good things that you can um, take advantage of when it rains at Disney World. Anything else to add? That's all I could think of, Jared. Uh, don't get mad. I literally saw people getting mad that it was raining. <laughs> and I was like, well, you I think. mean, you can get mad, but it's kind of like yelling at God. It's like, well, you can do that, but... <laughs> not gonna change your situation but right you know you can't control it if it rains it rains and it changes your plans but again it's like like i've always said plan for the unexpected you know expect things to go wrong plan you know make a plan for them and if they don't then um just count that one as a win and expect future things to have things happen and adjust to those but yeah exactly yeah, rain being one of them anytime you go to florida just expect it to rain at least some of the trip mm-hmm so that way when it does happen you're not completely like what the heck is this it's like yeah well that's florida so <laughs> all right well that's it for the discussion today and the news and the rumors um just want to say um check out our youtube channel we have a new vlog going up uh once a week and you can catch um if you're listening to this you can catch um uh our video version of this podcast on youtube so subscribe to that and hit the notification icon so you can get notified of new episodes um join our facebook group it's capture the magic community and we love that group it's awesome just communicating in gifts and talking about disney very true right so um and you get so you can join you get a lifetime percentage off of like any shirts or bags or anything as well yeah and we do part of the group yeah we do special sometimes they'll do like live shows sometimes like uh, i think jeremy and and jared have done that before where they do um like live q a's and stuff like that so yeah check that out Mm -hmm. um yeah is there anything else you want to add before we head out of here don't think so 
all right well that's it thanks for listening everybody and or watching if you are watching this as well and as we always like to say we'll see you in the parks bye